Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Love Selling Hate Sales. I'm your host, Josh Wagner. As always, you know, opening is one of the most difficult things to do in sales. It's tough to start conversations with strangers. There's no question about it. And it's one of the things in sales that gets a lot of attention. And we probably don't talk about enough on this show because frankly, it's not my specialty. So what we're going to do today is talk a little bit about opening and not just opening when there is a strict process, there's a strict script, there's a strict training program and onboarding program. But what happens when you have to open for a product that is new? Nobody's heard of you. Nobody knows what you're saying, what you're doing. Is your goal always the same thing every time? Is there something different than just setting a meeting? So we're going to deviate from the standard guru, expert, ninja, 20 years in the business person that we usually have in the show. And today we're going to have Sam Absalom, who is a sales associate with CRE OneSource out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Sam, thanks for joining the show. Really appreciate having you. Yeah, appreciate you letting me on the show, Josh. Excited to join. Yeah, so this is going to be super fun. So Sam and I uh, pseudo work together, right? He, uh, CRE OneSource is a software company that I happen to be on the advisory board of. So I get to spend time with Sam pretty much every Friday at two o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time. And we talk sales strategy. And what's super fun is, you know, as a new software startup, one of the things we're doing is just testing stuff, right? We're testing messaging, we're testing positioning, we're testing our value prop, we're testing all of these things. And Sam is literally on the front line taking the bullets. So Sam, first things first, how many calls are you making per week right now? Well, uh, dials per week are looking close to a thousand dials a week. Now, wow. given that is that isn't the context of my, my handy robo dialer that helps me out there by calling a few people at once. Yeah. So that's not manual. It used to be manual, but we changed over to robo dialer a few weeks ago now. Very good. And yeah. you know, I think the manual you were getting about five hundred a week. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So to give just give the audience a little bit of background here like just just tee it up where'd you come from how'd you fall into this and we're, we're, i kind of want to just get into some stories and things that we've we've talked through as we've as we've experienced this together absolutely yeah well i think it's always a, always a, a necessary precursor to mention that i'm definitely not from the united states <laughs> otherwise people get kind of confused um lived obviously from england originally and lived uh, in various different states across the u.s and um Recently, just graduated from Grand Canyon University, so GCU, in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I finished literally in April of 2022. So that was about four months ago now. So how'd you fall into a sales associate opportunity with OneSource? Yeah, just literally just connections got connected with a, a very well-connected man at, at GCU who handles uh, has his hands on lots of different startup communities. And he knew Craig, who's uh, the CEO of our company. And I got connected with Craig and Charlie and, you know, I met with them for the coffee once and we clicked. So then I joined pretty casually, actually, very casually in the beginning of May. Did you have any sense for what you were really getting yourself into? <laughs> Absolutely no clue. I, they said you'll be cold calling and I'm like, all right, I, I never thought I'd finish college with a cold calling job. But I mean, it's, it's being handed to me, so why not? So I kind of just went full, full force in. Dude, I love that. So, all right, let, let's just call one. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? 
what happened. Maybe it's your first connect, whatever you want to describe it. Like the, the first one, the maiden voyage, give us the rundown. Well, it's funny you ask because today I, I was actually, I was actually training new cold callers and it was a girl's first time cold calling today. And I was, I was her main trainee and I was thinking, man alive, she, she has it so much easier than I had it five months ago where she has a script and all these things. My, my first call goal, first day of the job is that there's no script. And, uh, I'm in the office with with the boss and he's just like, he's like, all right, well, you know, here's a bit about what we do and um, here's our market, commercial real estate brokers and um, just give him a call. And I was like, okay, like, do you have a script? Do you have anything? He's like, not really. Just kind of ask him a few questions about what they do and try and tell him what we do. And I was like, all right. So I I just went right in there and definitely sounded like an absolute uh, moron, but I've I've improved since then. Yeah, and what were, uh, you know, first week, what what did you feel were the major things that you learned after a week of 500 calls? Like, what could you take from day one to day five? Um, I say the biggest thing I learned was not to take it personally when people were just hanging up in my face. That that was that was um, never a thing that I actually struggled with too much. It was kind of I went into it with that with that expectation, and I definitely learned that it was a expectation that was upheld where I can't take it personally. And I say another one is just honestly, just trying new things uh, instantly the, from the first day, the, um, the CEO and the COO were both like, Hey, you know, success is not getting a demo right now. Success is failing and learning what's working, what's not working and just being really agile and quick on your feet. So that is an incredibly, in- incredibly amazing outlook, like from your leadership, right? Because yeah, if, if you were, expectations and reality, right? There's just gotta be that sense of we're trying to learn and trying to iterate. So, you know, if you're out there thinking, okay, I'm going to go into an SDR job, you've got to think about what you're walking yourself into. Are you walking into an established firm that's got all the tools, the process, the scripts, those things, or are you going into this startup environment where you're responsible for learning and developing and kind of building the train as you're riding it? Right. And when you think about, you know, coming out of college and if you want to get into sales, have a little bit of self-awareness for the environment that fits you better, right? Like if you're a bit of a cowboy and you can handle just rejection, figuring things out, having like go the startup route, but if you need a little bit more process, a little bit more structure, you might want to go somewhere that's a little bit more well-defined. A little bit of a side note there, but I love that. Just that, that, that ability to figure things out. So I think anyone who is in the cold calling game wants to know what did you find? What were those little things you found that opened people up to stay on a little bit longer, right? Like not get the demo, but like get people to not just hang up with you and stick around for maybe 30 seconds for a minute. Yeah. Um, I say uh, a couple of things. One is, um, I actually got it from your, your buddy. Is it, is it Justin Michael? Is that yeah? Um, big shout out, name? Justin Michael. Yeah, he's been on the exactly. show. He's got the Justin Michael method. Please check him out. He's fantastic. Yeah, so I, I read his content in my first day of cold calling. It was great. And one of the things that he said in that was, "You, um, you've tried. You've worked so hard to get this person on the phone. Don't give up so easily." So I, I you know, your natural instinct in, immediately is when you get someone on the phone, and they, as soon as they sound bothered or uninterested you you want to hang up because you feel like you're you know being a nuisance and i i discovered that you know at this point i'm already on the phone i've got nothing to lose like if they're not interested just trying to ask those provoking questions that just keeps them on the keeps them on the line just an extra 30 seconds for that extra bit of detail that can make 
you know, our product better or, you know, our, our market fit better as well. Can, can you give an example of one or two of those little things that turn people, maybe that's not the right word, but, you know, turn yeah. them from uninterested and, and I'm busy to, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hang with you for a minute. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny. Um, we were literally talking about this today with our, with our CEO, uh, once again, just training this new girl. And, um, I, I was giving examples of cold calls as I was actually doing the course. And, um, one of the things that I've realized is a really amazing question, which is, um, you know, pretty obvious one as well. When someone's not interested saying, Hey, cool, that's great. Like we recognize we're not a fit for everyone. Um, but you know, what's the main reason you're not interested? Cause we want to gain a better product market fit. And they're, they're always like, well, you know, they almost want to help you out by you recognizing that you're not perfect. Like almost like you're playing the lower guy and like, he's a big guy helping you out, giving his, his advice on how you can improve. Sometimes I even throw in there, hey, we're a startup company trying to still establish this fit. It'd be, I'd really appreciate if you could help us out. You know, what are you using instead? How is that working for you? And almost every time when I'm admitting, you know, the flaws that we have, they are very open to uh, going into detail about what they're using and why perhaps they're not interested. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, yeah. tapping into human nature is one of those things. And you, you mentioned Justin Michael, so we'll mention him again, like really tapping into the human psyche and how people are. If you take it away, right? Like we're not a fit for you. I totally get it. Like people like, Oh wait, automatically fight for it. Like, Oh wait, you're, yeah. you're telling me I'm not a fit. Well, maybe I am. Right. And, and if they fight, you know, something's there. If they don't, then fine, let them go. Maybe it, maybe it's really not a fit, but I love that just tapping into human nature a little bit and get people to, to fight for it. If they, if they feel like you've taken it away from them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what, the, the, the other thing I was going to say that's really changed my perspective on cold calling is I didn't realize this, but how much tone makes uh, the world of a difference. And um, I mean, it's to the point where I sometimes where I, I will literally just mimic the person's tone on the call, where if it's like a person picks up and they're kind of like, hi, like, how can I help you? I just go, I'm like, oh, hi, like, just try and get in touch with somebody. And I, I just mimic their tone to the point where I've gone to the point now where I'll call someone in, over in like the, the South, the Mid-South, and they'll pick up in, in their Southern draw, like, Hey, this is Sam Absalom. Just giving you a call, and I, I just sound, I sound terrible. But you know what? I mimic their action, and I, I I do it just ever so slightly. And they always give me a little more time of day when I'm when I'm with my southern draw. So it's just almost mimicking people's, uh, you know, tone and and almost accent sometimes. The southern English draw. That's mm -hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah, that was a bad example. Usually, it's a bit better than that. I think when I'm hearing someone do it, it's a bit better. Yeah. So you've primarily been calling on commercial real estate brokers. And I think one of the advantages we've talked about in our sessions is because they're in sales themselves, they pick up the phone quite frequently. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're obviously in the time for money, you know, trying to use their time to make money business. So yeah. talk about some of the things that you hear, right? Like what gets someone who's obviously busy, they're usually high earners. They're, you know, executive level type things. What are some of the things that you do to cut through? That, sorry. So repeat the question again. So you're just trying, trying to figure out what now? What are some of the things that you say to those folks to get their attention, to get them to cut get through? Like, like, like sure. you've talked yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. about keeping them on the line for a second, but yeah. like now we got to like get set the hook, right? Like what are some of those things that you're doing to get their attention? Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So the, the biggest thing that I, I found is, um, I've got them hooked as soon as they ask me what we do. So as soon as they, as soon as so my goal in the, in the call, my only goal in the first 20, 30 seconds 
is to have them ask me, well, what is it that you do? Because as soon as they've asked that question, I've got them hooked. And at least if nothing else, I'm getting an email out of this out of this phone call. So um, I said it's been the biggest point of success for me is I'll oftentimes establish that the the, the ethos by saying, hey, look, we, we've been working with lots of other commercial real estate firms. They've been telling us that the software is doing X, Y, or Z. And um, just want to give you a call and just kind of like floating it up there. And it, occasionally I'll swat it down, but usually they'll be like, okay, well, I'm curious, like, what do you do? So I'm, I'm deliberately ambiguous. So they ask me what we do. I tell them what we do. They give, you know, they've asked the questions and they've got to listen to my answer. And it kind of gets my foot in the door. I'm curious on the response to what do you do? Has your answer changed over time? Yeah, it, it changes. It changes every week. Because uh, we've, because once again, we're so new, we're trying to figure out what is it that's hitting home with these brokers. We, we've tried all sorts of key phrases, you know, and um, plenty of plenty have not worked. And we, we, we just figure out the the few that do, we we hang on to those. So even even um, we found that admitting something, like I mentioned earlier, is really important. So I'll oftentimes admit saying. Hey, I recognize that transactions are the heart of your business. We don't want to change that. We just want to meet you where you're at and help improve that. And immediately, they're, they're, I, I'm recognizing where they're at and what's really bringing in their income and not wanting to change it, I think, has been crucial for, for uh, at least our cold call pitch of just kind of piquing their interest and keeping them on the phone. Yeah, it's interesting. You're focusing still what you do on them versus just blurting spill what the sandler would say spilling your candy in the lobby just throwing everything out there and spewing all of the different uh features and functions that the software has yeah i think that's really great so um give me an example if you can of answering can you tell me what you do that didn't work you (laughs) modified it and then did work oh man i it's when I first began cold calling, you know, you, you hear all these generic phrases and you think, oh, that sounds so cringy. And then when you're put on the spot, you just go, you fall, you fall right back on the generic phrases. Awesome. So I, I, I found myself just using, hey, look, we're going to save you hours every week with our new product. It's a breakthrough product. It's, um, it's spectacular. It's different than anything else out there. And I just found none of that stuff works because all these guys hear it five times a day from all the cold calls they get. Awesome. So like flip the script, right? I mean, obviously you gave me a little bit of a teaser of it, but yeah. how does making, give me another example of making it about them, right? And and answering that question a different way. Yeah. So even saying, uh, hey, like we recognize that as a broker, you have a, a million or say, I would say hundreds of moving pieces going on in any given transaction. Um, and we want to help you centralize that and organize it and streamline it in ways that are appropriate to streamline. And every single time, once again, anytime that I, I show my knowledge of the industry, uh, I might drop an example of, you know, moving tons of emails and documents flying around between you, your client and your team. When I, when I'm, the more words I'm saying, especially if it's the buzzwords of the industry, they're really going to, they're really going to, I, I, for example, I always use pipeline because that's a, that's a very um, specific word that I never really heard much until I kind of entered into the commercial broker world. So they, they love her and, you know, me talking about that pipeline and, and, and all those things, which is quite funny, but yeah. Well, as you get deeper in sales, you'll find out that the only thing that matters is your pipeline. Never your, your manager, or your boss is always going to want to know what's the state yeah. of your pipeline. How healthy is yeah. it? How many deals? Yeah. What's, what's this in this stage? So yeah, get used to it. That's not going to go anywhere. 
that's definitely a mix of me also being a fresh college grad, not just entering the CRE industry as well. For it's sure. New, yeah. For sure. So you've been at this for a few months. It sounds like one of the big wins for you has really been crafting your message and figuring out how to have random conversations with strangers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So take it to the next thing now, right? Like, cool. You're able to have some conversations and strike it up a little bit, but let's talk about results. Um, getting the meeting or getting the demo is the win coming out of that, right? So let's just give the audience a, a quick rundown of, we talked about 500 calls per week. How many connections are you making and how many demos are you setting as a result? Um, and how has that changed as you've crafted your messaging? Yeah. So at first, the numbers are pretty abysmal. And um, once again, it's obvious, the, the more reps I was getting, the more comfortable, the more comfortable I was to uh, kind of kind of read the, the, the person I was talking to and kind of really um, cater the, the, the cold call to that person and their specific needs. So I find the numbers I'm hitting nowadays are probably around, let's say, um, 200 dials with about 30, we, we call it meaningfuls, which is I'm deliberately, I'm talking to someone with, with the intended, who is an intended target and an intended potential customer of our, of our software. And out of those 30 people that I talk to, I'd say, I'm probably um, clo- I'm probably getting about 10 to 15 percent of those guys on demos. So any any day is it's, it, it varies from two to five. And once again, it depends on what market. If I'm calling mortgage brokers, it's a bit lower. If I'm calling commercial real estate brokers, it's a bit higher because they have more time. They're more willing to talk. It, it really depends on the, the market I'm calling that day. Yeah, those are. I mean, those are incredible results. So w- when you think about going into your day now, right? I, I imagine, cause it seems like just talking to you, it seems like you have fun with it and yeah. you now know what it is and you take it for what it is. And it's almost like this mission or detective product to figure out what's going to yeah. make people click, but it's what's the mindset yeah. you need to go into your day and be successful in this type of role? Yeah. I, I just go in with the mindset of like, this is a hunt and this is a game. And like, I, I it's kind of fun. I almost ha- find a lot of joy and um, in being rejected because it's quite fun. It, in a way, it's like someone's someone's telling you, telling me that what I've just done or what I've just said is not good enough to convince them. So what can I do? What can I say to convince that person that our product could be a potential fit to pique their interest into a demo? So um, I'd say it's just that the mindset of just I, I literally just gamify it. Where to the point if I want to get a, my my a sandwich, if I want to get my sam- a, a sandwich for my lunch break, then I, I'm gonna. I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to get a sandwich uh, until I have five more conversations or 10 more conversations. And I just, I'm, I set small goals like that the entire day. If I have my, um, I got to do another shout out, my, my buddy Brock Baker. He's also a, a GCU student with me and him and I got hired at the same time with the first cold callers. And we spent the entire summer, 40 hours a week, cold calling together. So we would just, at the end of each day, just compete. Hey, who got higher demos? Who got more numbers? Who got, who got better ratios? Um, who has a funnier story of what happened? You know, this happened to you. That's hilarious. We laughed together. That kind of that kind of mindset made it turned it from a drag into actually quite a fun, uh, you know, nine to five job. Well, do tell, share some of those stories. What are some of the the best calls you've had, or maybe the worst calls you've had that are really good stories? Oh man, alive! Well, what what we've learned since since calling, especially commercial real estate brokers, is that they pick up their phone in any environment. And uh, we, we, we've literally had, uh, had a guys, we, we've called someone and say, Hey, like, you know, we kind of pitched the product to them and they're like, Hey, like 
I'm abroad right now at like my like at my friend's funeral. Like I'm in the middle of the service. This isn't the best time. And we just like are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I was like, you know, you, you just make the wrong assumption. Like, oh, you're abroad for a trip? How fun? Oh no, it's not actually for a trip. It's you know, it's not for vacation. So stuff like that. Or um, for example, there's a I've I've done plenty of mistakes where I um the 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 robodar that that we use it is quite funny actually. What, when we when we're calling, we hear a beep and we go right into the pitch. But on the other end, that person has already said hello and have a, if not, they've already identified themselves. So the other day, it was actually on like Monday this week. I was calling somebody and I was like, "Hi, is this is this Ron?" And I just heard a lady's voice go, "Do I sound like Ron?" And I was like, "Well, this is the end of this call." And just you know, stuff stuff like that where it's quite embarrassing but quite funny. Oh wow! So you, you didn't recover from the Ron thing, huh? You just hung up. No, I, I stayed on. I wanted to hang up, but I, I stayed on. But I can't remember even what happened out of the call. But I, I've uh, I've got demos once again in in southern accents. I left them. I once left a message in, in a voicemail in a southern accent, and the guy called back and won the demo, which was pretty neat and stuff. So it's just I did not expect that. So it's just stuff like that. That's a good topic there. What are your What are you seeing with voicemail? <sighs> I only leave voicemails if I um, if I get a reference. So I, I found that if I leave voicemails without a reference, I get a one in a hundred callbacks. It's, it's very rare, especially, you know, it's not a well-known firm. I'm not in a big position. I can't say, hey, I'm the CEO of this firm. It's, it's not like that. So I think if I had those titles or in a well-known firm, it'd be very different. So I don't really leave voicemails anymore unless I have a, unless I have a referral to somebody from somebody in, you know, whether it's in their department or in a completely different uh, firm. Got it. And where are those references yeah. coming from? Typically, are you mining them from other calls or how is that coming around? That's right. Yeah. Just calls. It's just that the sheer volume that I, I do, I, I'm, for example, I am, you know, occasionally will call a, an advisory company and I'll be like, Hey, like, you know, I recognize that you're not in the industry, but do you um, have any clients who might be looking for this tool? And they go, yeah, actually we do. And we actually had that where, you know, we got a guy who was on a, on a demo who had a 20 man shop because his, his advisor had told us to reach out to him. So it's stuff like that where I am, you know, it's really from the call calls that I get these references and then, and I go and I just pursue it like no man's business. I follow up like, you know, as really frequently and, and it, it usually it turns into at least a good conversation. Incredible. So with 200 dials a day, that's got to take, I mean, with the robo dialer, it's probably shortening the time to get through those yeah. dials, mm -hmm. but yeah. what are you finding in terms of a multi-channel approach? Are you using other channels? What's working? What's not? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've, we've looked into going through LinkedIn, obviously doing email blasts and that kind of stuff that the link, the LinkedIn, once again, it hasn't worked that well for us. It is difficult to almost get a really personalized message and, and mass produce that message. We, we've done some like specific targeting, like target audiences in LinkedIn. That's worked semi well. We've got a few, a few demos through that. Once again, e email, I mean, there's actually your advice that you, that you gave to us, Josh, of just our COO sends out an email blasts every week. And at first wasn't getting many callbacks, uh, any, many responses, but then uh, ev now every week that we send one out, we usually get two or three demos and that's slowly ramping up. So we found that just that the sheer number of, different channels has been helping a bit, but we're still in the process of learning. Yeah. And, and keep in mind for the audience when he's talking about email blasts. So we're, we're not talking about, you know, spam emails. We're really talking about a curated list of people that are 
we've yeah. acquired through trusted sources, whether they are firms that, you know, the founders being a part of or whatever, and we're curating content, right? So we're creating content for the space and we're bringing thought leadership to the space. And the advice to the group there was, this isn't going to yield results today or tomorrow. It's going to trickle in over time. And then you're going to see inflection points as you go. The first one will be like, holy crap, five people responded to me. And then maybe three months later, holy crap, 20 people responded to me. It's weird how that stuff just starts to build and gain momentum, but it's more of a content marketing play than it is more of an outbound sales play. So some of the stuff that Sam's talking about with mixing the phone with LinkedIn and maybe some, some personalized messaging, those are things you have to experiment with, right? And you have to be looking for what's working, what's not. And I think that's what's great about this group is they're really open to experimentation. We'll talk about something on a Friday. And by the time I come the next Friday, they'll have dozens of reps trying it and we'll have data to go off of of what's working and what's not. Have you found that that culture of experimentation just makes it more tolerable, I guess? Yeah, it's it's 10 times better because instead of just doing the, the, having the same script since, since when I came right to when, to where I am now, it's, it's, it's changed about probably 25 times and each time is so different and we're picking up things that work, things that don't work. Like you said, for example, we, we tried a new, uh, a new approach two months ago where rather than going for the demo right on the call, we went for the, uh, just, Hey, can I just send you an email and then follow up from that email? And we, we learned that that actually didn't work because people wouldn't pick up a phone a second time. However, what we got from that was, Hey, we actually figured out how to be decent emails that are going to pick people's interest enough. Cause to that point, we actually were not in uh you know at all getting uh, enough responses from my emails so it's, it's stuff like that where we're learning okay what email's working what's not and so on very cool so let's pivot a little bit into you know what do you want what are your goals uh, you're, you're obviously taking a role that's extremely challenging and takes really thick skin not everyone can do what you're doing so how does this help you as a stepping stone for whatever you want to do next yeah. So one of the main reasons why I, I, I chose this company was because the CEO and the COO were so verbal and so direct about wanting to pour into me and just teach me to think at a higher level than most 22 year olds are, are capable of thinking like it. You know, how do I begin thinking like a CEO as a fresh college grad? So when I'm a CEO in however many you know years or decades time that it's going to be a, not a super difficult transition. So it is the intentional mentoring. So in terms of my goals, I mean, I'm just in this spot in my life where I'm just trying to be a sponge and just soak up every piece of information that I can get. You know, do I want to stay in sales? Do I want to transfer to to product? I, I'm very interested in learning about, you know, being a product manager and I'm kind of, you know, my, my hands are in two different jars right now of my company of one sales, one product. So, I, you know, definitely, like you said, Josh, just like I'm at a point where, you know, as a 22-year-old, I'm just here to learn and here to um, pick up, you know, what do I, what do I admire about this person? I want to be like this person in this way and this other person in that other way. Yeah. What's so fantastic. And I think, you know, there are obviously negative perceptions of sales out there. There's plenty of them that exist. And that's because, you know, people do slimy stuff. They don't go at it the right way. They don't have the right mindset, but I can tell you that mindset right there is going to help you win no matter what, because think about it. You said, do I want to go into product? Well, you have the ability to go and elicit the voice of the customer because you know how to go communicate with strangers, right? You can go to anyone 
pick up the phone, have a conversation with your customer, which is going to be way easier than a cold call, but still that skill set, that ability yeah. to test and read people and pick it up, that'll help you if you decide that product development is somewhere you want to go. Like, you know how to draw out the voice of the customer. And I think you can hang your hat on that for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I've been intentional about learning. You know, I just want to pick up all the sales strategies now. So if I, even if I'm not in sales in 10 years time, I can still, I can still use part of that selling, right? To, to sell myself. Yeah, one of the things I think that uh, people don't, understand as much is just the pace and what it really is like to work in a startup. So anyone out there who maybe is considering a startup role, what, what should, what should they know about working in a startup environment? Um, oh man, there's a million things pop into my brain yeah, for, for starters, you know, it, it's, it's the, 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 the direct, contact that i get like i said before right with with our ceo and our coo the direct contact that i get with them and the, the constant conversations I, I text them every day that kind of stuff is, is so rare where our ceo has been in commercial real estate for, for 38 years now and the fact that a mere 22 year old is talking to someone in his 60s with so much experience is ridiculous even the guys who are in their mid-30s are still finding immense value in there so i'd say that's been one of the biggest things is, is just how flat the the organization of the, of the structure of the, of the structure of our firm is and whatnot. So I said, that's been one of the biggest benefits is um, it's, it's, there's not as many rules. There's a lot more ambiguity. There's, there's a, there's a lot more room to grow. If I want to go, if I want to go into, into product tomorrow, they'll say, okay, yes, complete your sales quota, but then go into product. So there's, it's a lot easier to transition around. It's, it's just, I'm, I'm enjoying the flexibility that, that, that it offers. Very cool. And on the flip side, like what are some of the things that you would put up as warning signals for someone? Not yeah. Uh, once again, not as much structure in my, <laughs> in my specific role, right? Where like I, I was the first sales associate at the company. So they were, you know, in a way they were kind of like, well, we don't exactly know what to, you know, what to expect from the, your role. So we're going to try and help figure it out with you. So I definitely would have, would have valued some, some, even like a, a, a few other mid sales guys pouring into me and stuff like that, where, and I, I've had two of those. I've, I've had you and I've also had another sales guy at a company who's poured into me a lot. But I think having a structure, you know, especially the first couple of years out of college would have been helpful. But I, uh, you know, I've had to just kind of figure it out on my, on my own and um, kind of go from there. You mentioned earlier that you're training someone. So talk to me about that. How do you, you know, you've just said one of the values is being able to just kind of test and iterate and learn on the fly how much yeah. are you trying to instill that mentality versus hey listen this is what works that's a really good question i i'm it's it's, it's almost like the, the first week i'm just like hey here's a script it's my script it's not going to be your script but for right now let's use it as yours because right now you don't know what you're talking about you know you just fo follow the general outline of this but for example, it was um, one of the girls for, for it was a girl's actually very first date working with us this morning, and I was in charge of training her. So just just talking with her, and I, I said to her on the calls, I was like, "Hey, look, like don't don't look at me when you're looking at this calls to like ask me for like, hey, what should I say now? Like that's just between you and the customer, and like this is where you have to have the the logic, the rational thinking, the just uh, just talk from who who you are, and you know what, even your very little knowledge of the product and the customer, and um, so I, I say a lot of it has been like instilling the company culture of this is on you like you you, you decide how, how quickly you succeed and um, how quickly like you iterate you know are you confident in in 
in failing with them moving forward and from that and stuff. Awesome. Listen, man, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your approach, your mentality and the effort that you're putting into everything here and doing this, like this uh, can be uncomfortable for some people. So I appreciate <laughs> you doing that. You know, I had a few takeaways just from talking to you. Like, you know, if you're going to be out there, you're going to be making a lot of cold calls, a lot of phone calls as a part of your sales gig. Don't take it personally. That is a big one, right? Like, yeah, just it's part of the game. And that was the second one. It, it's a game, make it a game, figure out, you know, what you can do to gamify the system. I love the fact that you did two things. You set competition with your peers and you set small little goals for yourself. Like I'm not gonna have my sandwich until I do this. So that's a really cool one. And the other one I really liked was don't give up too early. That was great. Cause you know, listen, we all going to call people they are going to pick up the phone. They're like, listen, it's not a good time. I'm busy. But the fact that I made contact, I might as well give it a go. That's a really, really good advice for people. I really, really dig that. So yeah. those are those are great tips for everybody. Um, before I let everybody go here, a couple references that Sam made, I want to just go back to. So we talked about Justin Michael. He is uh, Justin Michael of, what is his book? Tech-Based Sales. Check it out. Uh, we have an episode of Love Selling Hate Sales with him. So please look that up and give him a shout out. We also talked about the CEO of CRE OneSource, Craig Coppola has also been on the show. So check him out. Uh, another episode of Love Selling Hate Sales. That would be fantastic. Sam, if anyone wants to talk to you about CRE OneSource, where should they go to find you? That's a good question. LinkedIn is the best right. place. Samuel Absalom, A-B-S-A-L-O-M. And, uh, and that's probably the best place, yeah. Yeah, you'd love to have an inbound, right? I'd love to. Yeah, come on, please. Someone please send me an inbound. I will, so, I will respond so quickly. There we go. So if you're a commercial real estate broker or if you are a lender in the commercial real estate space, uh, financing, yeah. mortgage broker, whatever, Sam's yeah. your guy. Make sure you hit him up. He'll, he'll uh, test some of his methodologies on you. Please. <laughs> well, Sam, thank you for joining the show. It was great to have you. 